0: Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to see you all here this morning. I'm very excited to be speaking about um, a couple of things, and I'll tell you about what they are in just a moment. But uh, one thing I've been very intrigued about is listening uh, to all the people that have been preaching over the last um, few months, and and the reoccurring themes that continue to happen as people get up and preach. Um, I don't know if you are built that way, some some are, some are not, or if you've been taking notes and you go, can go back and, and flick through your notes and have a look and, and see and, and look for the threads of what God might be doing. And the other reason I might suggest that that might be a really good thing is because of the topic that Kirk has been spending a lot of time talking about, which is, somebody said it, say it louder, vision, <clears throat> where are we going? What are we about? What are we doing? If you want to know that, it's probably a really good thing to go and have a look and, and a listen to what God might be saying. So let me give you a, a little um, playback. And what I think is very cool about this that I didn't even really realise is that it's pretty much been alternate weeks Kirk on, somebody else on, uh, of backwards and forwards uh, in that place. So Kirk's been speaking a lot about vision. Some bloke kicked off... Actually, Tavia kicked off and she talked about holiness. Um, I talked about taking taking the next step, following Jesus, running to his rhythm. Then Kirk went on to vision again, and my phone is now playing, so I need to stop that. Then we had Corey talk about freedom, having freedom in Jesus. Back to vision again. Then Nikki got up and talked about God having a plan for our life. Is this all starting to trigger some thoughts and memories and some ministry time that might have happened for you over the last few months? Kirk then got back up, Vision Part 3. And David then got up and talked about spiritual warfare, the battle is on. And then um, we did break ranks. We had didn't have Kirk come up After that, we had Trent and Karen get up. And I've got the title is community, It Be Good. Is that South African or something? <laughs> No? It's Trent. I know, I would never look at you for that, Karen. There's no way. That has to be Trent. <laughs> it be good. <laughs> Spoke good English. Um, and then back to vision. What I love about those those the way this is all threading, and I am a person who loves vision. I just love talking strategy. It drives my wife nuts sometimes, but I can sit and shoot the breeze about big things, you know, where are we going? What are we doing? She loves the detail. She loves the detail. I'm like, ah, nah, nah, nah. What, what, what's, what's way out there? Let's go for that. Let's go out there for that. So much so that when um, we did a, I did a hiking trip in the USA, um, it was actually a leadership uh, intensive, if you want to call that, Five days of backpacking with full packs uh, in the Little Adams Wilderness in California, next to Yosemite National Park. We got to about, I think it was about day three, and each day we had a, a leader as such, and we were all very untrained, back you know, outdoors kind of kind of people to a degree. And we had to learn compassing and all that kind of thing. But it was one person's job, so the leaders had to follow the leader. And you could imagine the kind of dynamics that exist in that place because leaders are just the best followers. We do so well with that. Awesome at it. Not when you're tired, not when you're carrying full backpacks and you're doing a peak ascent to 10,000 feet on loose granite rock, and we could see it all the way up, this loose granite rock, all the way to the peak of 10,000 feet. And literally, we are not walking one foot in front of the other. We're literally walking one half foot in front of the other, just trying to get up this mountain, following the leader. And I look up, and... (laughs) Being a bigger picture person, I can look, I look up and I can see the trail that people have walked before. I can see it zigzagging because the granite had changed a little bit. The color and the reflection had changed a bit and I could see the pathway and my body is screaming out (laughs) in pain and I'm like, look, there's the trail. Can we can we follow the trail? But the leader said, No, no, we're we're going this way. So we're walking on loose granite rock, up to ten thousand feet in agony, and I'm screaming out. I can see it. There's the trail. Let's follow the trail. It's going to be a lot easier. No, it didn't happen. I love the big picture stuff. I love vision. I love seeing where we're going and seeing what we where where God is moving us to. I love how these themes that have come about over the last few months and maybe it's worth going back and revisiting a few of those people is to see what God is calling us to because we're saying he has a vision, we're saying he's calling us forward to a place so we might want to pay attention when people are speaking up here to what that might be, that he might be talking to us and giving us hints of where the next step is, where the next step is, one foot in front of the other, there's the next one, there's the next one. And I think a few of the themes that I just read out to you will give you a good idea that he's wanting to build his church. He's wanting to call his church on and forward, and we sung about it this morning, we give you permission, so let's go there this morning and let's talk about the church a little bit more. And I use the word church because when we refer to this group of people before us, we can use lots and lots of words. What are some, I would just, let's get a little active here. What are some of the, the words that um, you might have heard through the Bible, outside the Bible, to describe the church? Fellowship. Family. That's a pretty good one. Community. i have gone this way, this way. Is it back this side? No. Unity. Yeah, Nick. Holy. Chosen. What about the group, of the collective group? Bride? Body. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) That's pretty good. It's not bad. That's that's a pretty darn good list. Do you know, interestingly, I will say though, community, do you know in the New Testament, in the NIV version, it's only mentioned once. And it's not in reference to the church. It's to the Jewish community, which is really interesting. It's something to go and ponder and think about. And maybe after I've spoken today, it might cause you to go and think about that a little bit more as well. Um, Cool. Good list. Well done. Well done. And all are relevant. All are good. All are right to use. Um, Often when we read through the Scriptures, the context of why the person is writing becomes clearer about the analogy or the description that that writer might give to the church. So, for instance, Paul, when he um, is talking in Ephesians 4 of the gifts that are given out to, to the church, he, do you know the context he uses there in Ephesians 4 to describe the church? Anyone want to have a crack? It's one of the words we just mentioned. Kirk, you can't answer. Oh, Sarah, the gold star, body. He does use a reference to the body. Um, Peter also references the church a few times when he wants to encourage all of believers. Do you know the word he uses there? Have a guess. Another word we used before. It's not body. I'll give you that hint. Yes. Oh, we're on fire. The right answer again. It was. Did you look it up? No, all right, that's okay. <laughs> it is, it's family. He talks about the family of believers, God's family. Whenever he's talking about your interaction with any believer, he says he talks about it in the sense that we are family, we are God's family. Um, all of these terms have a level of a relational engagement involved in them. And I want to offer you a little diagram this morning because as I've been watching and hearing all the conversations, community and freedom and, and battle and vision and all of those things, I've, I've been seeing a theme and I felt like the Lord said, bring a little more, just hone it down into um, where I'm calling people in terms of their relational engagement with each other. Or when we use certain terms, where does it fit? Where does it fit within what God is calling to, calling us to, and giving us vision for? So I'm hoping this will work. Neil, can you bring up the first one? Oh, is it? <laughs> did it not play the animations? So now you know all the answers and you can all cheat. <laughs> Quick, take a picture. Let's see if we can just get the purple one to show up. Nah, it's not working. Anyway. While Neil's playing with that... Hold, please. Insert elevator music. Do, 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 to do, do. There we go. Cool. So... I want to talk to you about the different layers, that can, the the relational layers that exist that we invest in, both, I'll touch a little bit, I'll backwards and forwards a bit, both inside this building, as in the church, or this group of people together, but also your connections outside the building. It will bounce a little bit, so stick with me and we'll get there. What we are talking about as I present this diagram, it's a tool, I want to offer it as just a tool, okay, not as theological truth as such, or trying to say that any one, well, there is one that's most important, but at any given time that we could be moving through these things, or that if there's different layers, that because one circle sits inside the other, one is more important or bigger or more effective, that it's not, can we not go there? Is that all right? Is that cool? It's about relational depth, relational engagement that we want to talk about this morning. So the first one, the first level is the world. Now, when we engage, when we relationally engage, these are the people that we engage almost on a one-off basis. It's happenstance. We see them once, maybe twice. I don't know. It could be a trip we're on, and it's in, it's a, you know, we have a a connection in the the place we're going to or whatever, and we meet these people, and we get to, we have a chat to them in general, and that's it. That's where it ends. It's one in and out, and, and we're gone. There's not a a great degree of, of depth in, in terms of the relational connection or investment that we have with each other. I'm going to move through these first ones a little quicker because I want to get to the, the juicy stuff in the middle so the next level neil social and i hope you, you can all read that can you i'm going to say it anyway but um, social this area may include people at work or your classmates at school you don't know very well but you're around them quite a bit. You, you have to be around them on a daily basis. You you might have some tasks to do together or things like that. But but again, it's more superficial in terms of the relational connection or depth of investment in, in relationship with each other to a level where we would say we might be intimate with them. Um, so they are more of a name and how is your weekend kind of basis. Um, you know, This is not a bad thing, so I hope you receive that well. In larger churches, sometimes this relationship can exist that way, just by the sheer fact of how many people, praise God, if it happened, we had within the church, it just became harder to have that. everybody. You don't know everybody, you can't know everybody, and you can't invest so deeply in that relationship in that way. Again, not a bad thing. We grow to that size. I say, bring it on, Jesus. Let's go. Um, there can be relational connection and investment, but, it, but it's more erratic and, it, and it's happenstance. So you're in their lives enough that one little word or trigger might cause you to just ask them, how are you going today? Genuinely, not the how are you going as in I'm just saying hello to you. It's a genuine um, question to them. So that's social. Next one, Neil. Community, community. Now the rubber starts to hit the road a little more in terms of our investment and relational connection. Here, our connection has a common ground that almost forces us into relational investment. For example, sporting clubs, and they're a form of community, common unity. Um, a sport type or your children's commitment or your commitment um, to that club or sport places you in close proximity to people and on a regular basis and with a commitment to see that community succeed. You have a common goal and so there's an investment in each other because you want to succeed. So in your sporting team, you might want to get involved in their life to encourage them, move them forward, to grow, to get better at what they're doing. Community exists within our church as well. The New Testament doesn't frame us this way, but we do have a common unity. We have it in Jesus. Inevitably, people within a church can engage with others at a community level. Yes, we're committed to Jesus at some level, and we want to see this place, this church succeed, but we keep people at an arm's length. We ensure that we control the emotional and relational engagement. So I keep you just far enough away. I want to be a part, I I enjoy coming to be here, it's great. Um, I like the people here. But when we start to push the buttons a little bit, oh hang on, just going to extend the arm out a little bit and keep, (laughs) not now Trent, you are meant to be (laughs) receiving this morning. Don't put your hand out now. That's all right, now you've given me the segue, so I'm going to say it. So Trent comes up to me this morning as I'm sitting at the computer. <laughs> and he, you know, sometimes we have these days, everybody, and that's okay. He says, to the effect, sometimes it's hard to do church with people. And I just didn't even break, a, no gap. I just said, you're going to love today's message then. <laughs> and he gave me permission to say that too. All right. Or our... Community level, as Trent and Karen, another good segue, uh, spoke about two weeks ago. And community groups can also exist within our church. We have an investment in each other. Say, um, mine's parkrun. Enough said about parkrun. Um, but you know, there there is that community level. So we have a common um, unity to get fitter, to grow, to look after our bodies, and so we go and we parkrun uh, together. So that that's one such example. Um, people who have come from one church to another. They kind of start here, and rightly so. They want to know that they fit before they relationally connect. And we want to, as a church, I want to put this out there right now, we want to totally bless you if you're in that place and you're here today uh, with us. That is okay. We'll take that journey with you. We welcome it, and we look forward to to uh, the time when you say, I'm in, I'm fully in, I'm fully invested. Or if we are not that place, we bless you also that we're not about keeping people here for the sake of owning you. It is about Jesus, what he has for your life. And so if we are the right fit, great. If we are not, we will help you to find that right fit and bless you. That is really important. We will bless you to to go and to be in that place. Ponder that. That's really, really important. Um, next level. Let's go down one more. Now we're really getting there. I kind of went to and froed about which words to use uh, when we describe this level. You could say um, tribe as well as body. Tribe would be a, a, another word that we could use. And we're now probably start to, to, starting to talk as we go further and deeper. I'm really now starting to talk about us here in this building or, in this case, the the body of churches that we might belong to or the tribe of churches that we might belong to. Here I am fully committed to the body or the tribe I belong to. I am relationally invested at a deep level because I've bought into the vision. I've bought into the vision and I'm now relationally invested. I've experienced love, be just, uh, not just, I've experienced love beyond acceptance, so it's gone deeper. It's gone further than just your welcome here. I've now experienced it in a way that someone has invested, and the Lord has invested in me to say, I'm going to bless you, and there's a deeper relational connection uh, between us. I'm investing myself in you because we share a common love and desire to see this church grow i give of you i might give you or the church of my time and my money my emotional connection and most of all permission to speak into my life i'm giving you the okay to speak into my life there is a trust and a faith in each other that is deep we're going deep at this point correction becomes okay because i know you want me to succeed in all i do and I can do the same for you. We see this level in many of Paul's writings to the churches, heaps of his, um, his writings. Um, some he hasn't met, but he connects at a body level and uses the very example in his writings. He talks about the church being the body. He encourages them at this level to use their gifts to see the church grow into her fullness, Allah Ephesians 3 that we've looked at um, over the last few weeks you might also at this level buy into the vineyard as a body not just this one church but the broader group of churches our tribe our tribe of vineyard churches you might have heard that used a little bit I'm invested now in seeing this group of churches. I want to grow leaders. I want to grow worship people. I want to, we wanted our resources as a, as a movement to grow that we could expand the kingdom of God into Australia and to beyond our borders into, and our local communities, of course. I want to invest in, in, in Briz West to say we're about expanding the kingdom in Brisbane, so I'm going to really invest in you. You are, you are a part of us and you are, our as we move forward, our brothers and sisters in Jesus. And so we want to see you succeed in everything you do. So we're going to invest in you um, relationally, emotionally, skills, all of those things. We're going to give you of our time. So we want the tribe to succeed. Next level down. All right, family, strap yourselves in. Here we go. This is a whole other level of connection. We're not talking directly here. Um, Now, I'm going to premise this as well. I'm on a journey with every one of you in the process of what God is calling us to and the vision he has for us. So I'm up here preaching as a man who is well and truly in the midst of this journey just as much as everybody else okay so with that premise we're not necessarily talking here directly about bloodline so when we say family I'm not and we want to talk about this connection what I'm not saying is that I'm saying you're my my son or or wife or husband to that to that kind of level does that make sense as in you are begotten, Jake is my son. That's my bloodline as such. But in Jesus, as Peter would say, we are in the family of God. We have, when we, when we accepted Jesus here, I'm going to go rogue here and lose track of my notes. That's all right, we'll, we'll catch it up. When Jesus, when we accepted Jesus into our lives, the scripture is very clear. We died. We died and came alive in him. And Colossians 3 would say, Your life is now hidden with Christ because you died. So you die and you are reborn into the family of God. And it is at that point, it's not just like this little beautiful analogy that kind of happens. No, it's literally, you're in a family. You're back in a family. All the bustedness that you might have experienced in your own earthly family, which becomes a real problem. And I understand that, that this, this word can, can, can bring connotations that might that become harder to fully grasp and understand based on our own human experience. But in Jesus, and we'll talk about this in just a moment. I'll go a little deeper into this. In Jesus, we are invited into a new family, a new family, and we'll expand a little more. Let me show you a little clip that might help you around how the church works together as family. It does include an analogy of a family. But, uh, Neil, can we let's have a crack and see if we can get this one to work. This um, is a clip, Cheaper by the Dozen. You may know that this movie. And uh, let's watch. Michael hit you with a charge, and I assume he will be punished. Uh Jake, get me a band aid, okay? Here, here, go stir. You like to stir. Okay, let's take a look at it. Let's take a look, see if it's okay. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just kidding. It's actually not. Necessary. Uh, Dad? Yeah. This goo's on fire. Oh, no, no, that's nobody. Daddy likes it, nice and hot and nice and spicy. Yeah, here we go. There we go. Got it. All right. Hey, Dad. Oh, good. Can you get a Band-Aid? No need to say hello. Not one other kid in this neighborhood does chores. Well, we're not like any other family in the neighborhood. Right, so why do we live here? Dishwasher now. Jessica, can you get these plates and put them on the table, please? What the? Mike's athletic cup? Ow! Oh! Pasta de la crotch. Is that blood? (laughs) No, it's just like... Blood! Oh. Clean up on aisle 12. Anybody? You'll need help cleaning up... (laughs) Are you all right? Still need help cleaning up, Dad. No, you mopped it up enough with your back. <laughs> oh, disgusting. Where's the band-aid? Dad, it still hurts. Oh, here, let me let me. Nora, where's that band-aid? Jake put a bucket on Jessica's head and it stuck. And when they have a free moment, let my parents know that I came by to tell them I got a job in an ad agency today. Nora! Nora! Dad, we'll help you. Nora! Nora! Oh. Are you all right? You are in over your head, mister. I'm so sorry. I mean, I will, I will call. I'm just, my wife is out of town. Hey, 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 hey. hey. Come here. Can I tell Jake now? No, you finished watching the car burns. So... So as I watched uh, <laughs> as I watched that clip, the, the Holy Spirit actually literally started to talk to me about that being an analogy about the church, and I think he was having a little chuckle as he was doing it, all right, so bear with me. We've got our first daughter that enters in or two of them, um, who's our injustice champion the dad the, the brother shot her with a dart, and I assume he will be punished he will be punished accordingly. then enter the oldest daughter, reminding me of the older son in the prodigal son' story. Don't even say hello to me uh am I even here? I'm always here, but I don't get any attention. Then we see the daughter with issues serving the family uh through doing chores and tries to justify her stance because others don't do it. <laughs> i I think it's a little tongue-in-cheek. If I can give me permission to have tongue in cheek. Um, enter the youngest child, uh sensitive to circumstances and confused about what is real and what is not, <laughs> seeing the cup having it as blood and then pukes every, everywhere. It reminds me um and I, I love this about new believers, where they're trying to figure out their new way and assumptions about things, and trying to understand things, and it can bring some real reactions to to how they respond to those things. Um, some things are just plain weird to new believers, and 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 that's okay and good, and we we need to work through that as a family. <laughs> and then uh then the sensitive one barrels down dad calls out for help and the sensitive one barrels down and goes straight into the midst of the the younger ones stuff and and falls right into it right into the circumstances then the older sister revolves back around ah, i'm still here and i'm still feeling unloved i need to let you know that i've actually going forward and moving ahead and then life is good and then the um the child wounded by the bucket um Completely wounded because she's got a bucket on her head, done by her brother. Um, wants to kill. <laughs> Maybe that doesn't happen here, but <laughs> wants to pay him back for what what's actually occurred. And then finally, and and we we won't mention who these people might be. Dad is trying to hold everything together in the midst of preparing the meal. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) I had a, I did have a very, a, a big chuckle, 20 plus years in church. And, and it did crack me up a little bit as I watched that. And the Holy Spirit was talking to me about that. But this clip, it shows that despite all the differences and personality types and age and all the other things that are going on, there is a connection that holds them all together at a deep level. They are family. Through and through, they are family. They are all completely different. They are all their own unique person. They approach things in life a different way. And there is still, in the midst of all that, connection to it because they are family. Everything's okay up there, that's okay, everybody. They are family. Differences don't allow them to simply disconnect. They have to work through the relational issues. Our connection at a family level is life on life. I can say with deep conviction here this morning that each of you are in Jesus, my brothers and my sisters. I accept you exactly for who you are. When life goes pear-shaped, in this family environment that we live in and that connection level at a family level, um, I don't get the choice of whether I help or not. I'm just getting, I just get in. i got to get in there. You're family. And and I want you to succeed and, and I want you in Jesus to bring his kingdom in all its glory and to see you grow to the fullness of your potential. And it's going to take a family connection to see that actually happen and investment at a relational level. The truth is when we die to ourselves, as I said before, we begin our new life with Jesus and we are called into his family. As Kirk's preached before, we share our stuff, we share our hearts, we embrace the pain and we grow up together into maturity. I love it. Jesus is at work with us and in us and through us and around us and he's calling us all into his vision here at Pine Rivers Vineyard. And I am convinced, I am convinced beyond all doubt that his vision for us is that we would grow on a deeper and more deeper, deeper intimate and relational level into this family level of being. It's going to take time it's going to get messy, like the clip. It's going to get very messy. But because we're family, we'll get there together. But there is one more relational connection that at a church we must take on at an individual level. Neil, can you bring the next one up? This is one that maybe we didn't mention on the first list when we talked about Um, It's a different word. It's a weirder word. And Jesus didn't exactly use oneness. But if you remember in John 17, he had a pretty clear prayer to the Father. And he said that they would be one as we are one. Oneness. This is a whole other level again of connection. But initially, it's one that only each individual in this place can take on their own. We're talking about our relational connection with each other. But this one at this level is you and Jesus. Only you can choose to engage jesus at a level of oneness that is a person's choice that god has given you free will to choose on except for i would suggest no i would say when you chose to die to yourself you kind of gave up that right of not being in oneness with Jesus. He is gonna pull and, and pull and invite and invite and draw and draw you on a, on an unending basis into oneness with himself. That is a non-negotiable in life. It's gonna happen. Only you can do it. I can't do it for you and nobody else in this room can do it for you either. We can encourage, we can bless, we can call, invite, but in the end it's the individual's choice to say, will I fully connect with Jesus in this oneness? where nothing is hidden, complete surrender, faith, hope and love become the breath we breathe and the food we eat on a daily basis. That's the oneness. To the point where we talk about presence, as the Bible would talk about presence, that it's literally face to face. That's the kind of oneness we're talking about. Face to face. And one of the harder parts of this point, of this word in oneness is that we struggle in terms of words to, and then in, in terms of pictures on a two-dimensional page to talk about the depth of the uh, of this relation it's a relationship so to fully capture all that we're talking about when we talk about our connection to jesus it's hard sometimes to put into words because it's almost like a dance it becomes like a, the oneness becomes like a dance where we're moving with each other so into it we're seeing Jesus all these messages i talked about before are all talking about this on a continual basis the rhythm of jesus following to his step holiness following jesus into all he calls us into it's it's a beautiful Beautiful dance. That's the kind of de- of, re- of relational connection that we're talking about that can only ever exist. And this is the thing. That kind of de- depth can only ever exist between you and Jesus because he's Jesus. Because he's Jesus. <laughs> And so he calls us. That's part of his vision for each one of us in the midst of that. And it's a very, very important point because all the other levels that we're talking about must be permeated by that one. They have to be permeated by that one because otherwise all we're doing is religion. It's got to be permeated with oneness with Jesus. All that connection has to come from there. And it, the, the flaw in this diagram, and it's just a tool, the flaw is, is that it probably should be flipped. It should be reversed. Where the oneness that we talk about actually becomes the engulfing aspect of all those other levels and the world itself becomes like this big. The world's small and God and Jesus are huge and the Holy Spirit are huge. Paul knew that. Paul knew that deeply when he looked in Ephesians 4. And I've got to read this. I, I have to read this to you. From the um the message version of Ephesians four. In light of all this, here's what I want you to do. This is verses one to six. Here's what I want you to do. while I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there and walk. better yet run on the road God has called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere and mark that you do this with humility and discipline, not in fits and spurts, but steadily pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love, alert at noticing differences and quick at mending fences. You were called to travel on the same road and in the same direction, so stay together, both outwardly And inwardly, which would support that diagram. You have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who rules over all, works through all, and is present in all. Everything... Hear this. Kirk talked last week about a red pen. Here we go. Everything you are and think and do is permeated with oneness. Capital O. Capital O. Hold that thought, David. We're getting there. You're on it. You're on it. And then, permeated with oneness. And David's right. And if you haven't got that version, it's a capital O. And I would suggest it actually goes further than Jesus. I think it's the Trinity. Let me tell you why. What Paul knows... And what Paul understands, both through the teachings of Jesus and his deep understanding of the Scriptures, is that oneness finds its source, and don't be offended by this, Between not between your and my relationship with Jesus. That's not the source of oneness. Oneness finds its source in the Trinity, where God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit exist together in in that more than that beautiful dance it's like we just, we just haven't got the words to describe what their relationship is it's the creation trying to describe the creator at the core of their being it's one oneness is a is a good word though they they are for each other they 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 coexist with each other it's this amazing beautiful dance one showing the other off and and we see it in genesis chapter 1 right from the beginning of the word of god we see that that the sense, the three of them working together. Listen to these words. In the beginning, God, it's all right, you can speak it if you want to, created the heavens and the earth. So there's God, Father, I suggest. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The start of verse three. And God said, God spoke the word. Where else do we know about the word of God and who the word of God is? Jesus, John 1 tells us clearly, the word was with God, the word was God. The Trinity were right there at the start of creation. Before anything was created, oneness existed in the Father, the Son, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when God created each and every one of us, what did He say? Where He needed? To, why did? What? How were we created? In God's image. So, God says He creates Adam in His image, and then He says, "What? It's not good for man to be alone." So, He took a part of Adam. Not here, the head, not on the foot, not anywhere that would suggest being subservient or ruler or anything like that. He took from the side, right on the side here. I reckon it's a strong indication that there's a sense that God was saying even in the midst of creation, man and woman and you can go really deep into this stuff of what woman means, what man means, and how it's just, it's not, it never was meant to be a subservient or relationship or anything. We were created to be in one, like God is one. God created them in our image, took us from the side, right from the side, coexist, dwell together, be together, one. I am one, you are meant to be one. But we busted it. We broke it. We broke it when we sinned. The oneness was gone. The tension existed between us and God, between us and each other. But then Jesus, the new Adam and the new Eve, came and he came to restore. He's made it clear. I've come to restore. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He came to restore that relationship, that sense of oneness. And my notes are gone. So, all right, that's out the, the door. It came to restore that sense of oneness to each other. And so when he cried out and he prayed, and John 17 is such an important passage in terms of this whole relational engagement, connection with each other, understanding that we're family in God's family, is that he said, Father, that they would be one. As we are one, that's a big statement. That is a big, big statement and a big cry of Jesus' heart for each one of us. And I believe deeply that we are being called as a church, that God's vision for us as a church is that we would rediscover that sense of family and oneness. I want to suggest to you that there's a radical middle between the oneness and the family right on that line somewhere. Where we take that, the restored relationship with Jesus and call into his family. And as we look at this cross, there's an element of the vertical oneness with Jesus that, that permeates and drives us into this deep relational connection to see the kingdom of God come on this earth and victory in our lives over all circumstances, and that the people of the world would cry out, as Scripture says, I think it's First Corinthians 14, 25, Surely God is among you. That we would have such a connection with each other, such an investment in each other, that when people walk in this door, there's just a presence because of the oneness. We're one. And I believe the Father is calling us on and into and that is a large part if they I, again I love the strategy stuff I know he's got the foot one foot in front of the other kind of stuff but I'm, i I just feel like he wanted you to hear this morning that the the bigger picture the, the bigger vision is that be one love each other Love each other, and that is that is the the source is love. Love is that love is that radical middle I'm talking about of oneness. With, when we go in between that family and oneness section, One, oneness vertical, oneness horizontal, both ways, both ways. God is calling us as a church deeper and further into this place. That all that come into this building would say, surely. God is among you. I don't know him, but something is really, really radically different. It's radical, it's revolutionary, and it can change the world. So this morning, this morning, I need to breathe. <laughs> Sometimes it's really hard to talk when the Holy Spirit's actually on you. And you can sense the the call that that's coming and, and the, the, that's here and it was here during worship really strongly as well. God is calling His people back and to go deeper, deeper with Him, and deeper with each other. So, let, can we stand? Can we stand up together? That would be great. the call this morning is simple. If um, you know you want to commit to going deeper and further on this relational journey, this journey to being family and this journey to oneness, then I want to invite you just to come forward to the front. You don't have to wait for for me to finish or anything you can just start coming forward if if you want to say yes I'm in now sometimes this is not just about what you feel sometimes this is just about a choice of what you don't feel because you want to say you know what I'm in for this you have no that's a good sign (laughs) that's a good sign I'm in for this I don't know all that it means right now, Lord. But what I do know, and what we sung about, so if you really sung about it this morning, I know you're good. I know it is well with my soul because I know you're good, and so I know that if this is what you've said is the vision for our church, I got to sign up. I got to sign up for this. I got to say yes to this. And I can't see everything that's going to happen, but what I can see is you, Jesus. And so if if that's all I need to take one step, then I'll do it. I'll take. I'll, I'll, I'll see. Just show me where you are and I'm on my way. I'm on my way. I I also um, I wanna also give opportunity if you wanna if, if you're in a place where right and yeah, okay. If you're in a place where um it you like this sounds like a good idea, but I just I can't I don't love people enough. To do, I, I just don't have that kind of love that you're talking about, that kind of connection. And in some ways, I'm, I'm kind of hurt and wounded by it as well. Then I want to invite you to come. Please, 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 please come down the front now. Come, come down the front now. Because we're going to ask Jesus to increase your heart, to receive that love and that oneness with him. Because if you get that with oneness with him, it can, it'll float other people. It'll come. It will come. So, Lord, we thank you, Jesus. And, and look, I've got a list of things that were were spoken about to, to for healing this morning. Um, look, if, if you do really need healing in your body, then I want to encourage you to come forward. But right now for ministry time, I think we're meant to focus on this thing of asking the Holy Spirit to come and fill us up on this commitment we're making this morning, to really fill us up. So people out there... We're going to need everybody, all hands on deck. If, you've, if you love Jesus, that's all it needs to be. If you love Jesus, come forward. If you're a visitor here, we will get somebody who's a regular here to pray with you uh, and, and for that to happen. But let's open our hands. That's a really good posture to start with in terms of wanting to receive this. And so now, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, people out there in the seats, come forward and come and start to lay your hands on your brothers and your sisters. Your brothers and your sisters in the family of God. Your brothers and your sisters in the family of God. Come and lay your hands on them and bless all that the Lord is doing. And so right now, Holy Spirit, we say in Jesus' name, would you come in power and fill your people up now. The oneness that we have been talking about, let it be evident in this building right now. Right now, come Holy Spirit, come and rest on your people. Come and fill them and smash through the barriers where we've put up walls and kept you at arm's length, Lord arm's length about other people and arm's length about our relationship with you and tried to take control, smash through it now in Jesus' name. Break through those walls and come and meet us and challenge us and spur us on. I see the Lord's face smiling as He breaks through those walls. It's not anger, not frustration He feels. It's like, yeah, here we go. I'm going, I'm busting through that and we're going on and we're going forward. So don't fear Um, don't fear the Lord right now in the sense of being scared. Fear Him in sense of His majesty and His wonder. That's fine. Not in the sense of retribution or punishment or anything like that. So Holy Spirit, we receive in Jesus' name all that you're doing here. And we say more, 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 Lord, more.